Good morning and welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown. Such is the nature of life that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear. You're that opportunity. So am I, and so it is. We are a center that, if you want to know what we're all about and what we believe and what we teach, you just heard it in that song. Absolutely everything about who we are is right there in the song. We believe in one power. It shows up as all of us in every place and everything. So that our center is about building a community of people who are committed to living their lives from a place of that one power rather than from a place of duality, of two-ness, of good and bad, right and wrong, you and me, us and them. So that we are building that community and we continue to build that community here coming to you from CSL, from the Midtown area of Atlanta. However, we have members and participants from all over the world. So very grateful that you're with us. Very grateful you decided to be here. Whoever you are, whatever your designations, however you call yourself, and whatever your understanding of who you are, we are here to be part and to celebrate you. Because we not only believe in the one power, but we know it shows up as, in, and through everyone. So we believe in you as well. Today we have a couple of very special guests. One will be um, our speaker today, Reverend Dr. Dr. John Carn. He is a double doctor from the uh, Emerson Institute, where he has earned that those degrees. He is also a reverend from that organization. He is a founding member of CSL Midtown. He was here before I was. And uh, he is uh, well-loved, well-appreciated. He's a wonderful speaker. He's a great teacher. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he will share with us today. Also, um, at this time, we're going to hear a little more about what we believe. And what we believe is is all sort of summed up in our Declaration of Principles, and here is an excerpt of that. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love and creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life and the immortality of the individual soul forever unfolding. I believe, I believe, I believe in the eternal goodness, the eternal goodness of God, the eternal loving kindness, and the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. So I think we have a couple of guests. Our next guest is a uh, not a guest at all. She is one of our practitioners. She is a member here at the center. And she is one of those folks whose consciousness forms a major foundational piece of who we are and what we're about. She sees us, she knows us, she holds us in her clarity as, as and, and by seeing and knowing and recognizing us, 
it gives us more connection and power and collection. A practitioner is someone who is trained in this teaching, who has been licensed by the Centers for Spiritual Living and is um, recognized as having the gift of healing and, and change for herself as well as for others. So I'm very pleased to introduce and to welcome Norma Roberts. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Bob. Really thank everyone for joining us this morning. We are going to have a wonderful, wonderful service today. And I just want to thank you for being here. But I want to tell you, never before has uncertainty been greater than it is today. But as uncertain as things are of this, I am certain. God Almighty is still on his throne and his word can be trusted. And I am certain that it is done unto you as you believe. Jonathan Robinson, editor of The Experience of God says, how can any of us really know what is true about God? We can, however, reflect on the beliefs we have about God and whether or not they have helped us develop a better relationship with the higher power. In an article from the book, Marilyn Atterbury explained her beliefs about God. And she said, to quote from a well-known song, I believe. For every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. Isn't that wonderful? A trusting toddler painting her, pointing to her heart said, Jesus lives right here, Grandma. Marilyn says, I believe the golden rule. I believe that I reap what I sow. I believe in the cycles of nature, the oneness of all creation, and the trustworthy nature of the sun. It always rises. She says, I believe human beings are inherently worthy and that God will never forsake us. I believe in guardian angels and a Holy Spirit. I have never witnessed a death, but I am sure it can be as beautiful and as heartwarming as a birth. I know that life regenerates itself and that there are more universes than I have cells in my body and more stars in each of the universes than I have cells in my body. She went on to say, I believe there is a basic wisdom available to all human beings that can solve any problem. I don't believe that this wisdom belongs to any culture or religion, but I believe it is God's source and totally reliable and available when one knows it is there. She says, I believe that peace is here now. But, these, but in these uncertain times, what are some of your beliefs about God? Think of 
these beliefs and see how they serve you. If we listen to more of the song, the song says, I believe above the storm, the smallest prayer will still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. What about you? What are your beliefs? And now we are transitioning to our morning prayer treatment. So I just invite you to be still, take a deep breath, and join me in knowing the truth. I know and I know that I know that God is all there is. It is the very essence of everything seen and unseen. It created me out of itself to express that that it is. I now have a clear knowledge of who I am and what my purpose on this planet is. My sole purpose is to express God, to grow, expand, and create as divine consciousness in action. My mind is now free and clear from anything that would seem to contradict ultimate truth. Because my nature is one with divine nature, I am free from any confusion or doubt. And in all ideas of any nature that tend to obstruct my good, my perfect demonstration is right now uprooted, totally eliminated and permanently eradicated from consciousness and removed to the nothingness from which it came. I now experience new and greater expressions of perfect health, greater expressions expressions of abundant wealth, creative self-expression, and joyous personal relationships. I give thanks for a greater degree of clarity in all of my thinking. And I accept an even greater capacity to see and know truth directly and instantaneously. All that I perceive is God in action. And I now release this word into the law of mind that cannot return to me void. I relax, I let go, let God, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you again. Today we're talking about going home, and that's one of my favorite concepts, actually. And so I'm going to take you through it from an old-fashioned idea to a Buddhist way of thinking, and then briefly touch on a Christian way of thinking as well that I find helpful. And then we're going to pull it up to the metaphysical. The old-fashioned idea of home. What's a one-word statement you can make about what home means to you. And I want people online to type in Zoom, use the chat box. We'll start with you guys here. 
safe haven. Mm -hmm. What now? Comfort. Comfort. Mm -hmm. Well, those are all really positive ones. Um, Home is that place that it is so hard to leave. It is where you're loved unconditionally. My sister's children stayed with her till they were like 30. And I could not understand that for, for you know the life of me. But that generation did pretty much stay home as long as they could and then moved out. When I was 19, I graduated from nursing school on a Friday, moved to Atlanta on Saturday, and started work on Monday at Grady. And my group, that's probably most of us here, my age group couldn't get out quick enough. Um, for a lot of LGBTQIA people, a lot of times home isn't that safe place or that place where you feel loved. Um, if you want to ask someone about um, unconditional love, ask a trans person. It's quite often they've lost everything um, in the pursuit of unfolding to who they feel they are. Um, a lot of us develop familial relationships with our new family, you know, like here in Atlanta, um, with our friends or those that we're closest to. Um, I have a family with CSL Midtown, being that all of us, several of us right here, were there at the very beginning. Um, and that's an, a different level of family. In the Buddhist tradition, they talk about home being where you absorb the family philosophy of living. The rules, the way we treat other people, the laws, and if there's religious beliefs, religious beliefs. The kids know this is how we think and what we believe. And in order, any small child, in order to get their parents' approval, they're going to want to... Um, learn those lessons and demonstrate them. And then I have an example. I have a nephew that hunts. And um, when he was little, I didn't want him to have a gun. I just thought that's not a good thing for kids. But where he comes from, his father had hunted and his father before him. So it was a family tradition to take the boy out and shoot at things, at animals. And I know that most children cry when they see like their first deer killed and the father will tell you know will explain this is what we do this is us bonding um, this is good clean family fun okay but for the kid um, the kid has to start separation that's at an early age think like four or five years old separation they come in understanding oneness but their experience at home creates separation between things. So there's us and them. And in this case, the them is the deer, you know, who's ever, whatever they're hunting. So they start getting separation. And that just escalates, you know, as they go through their childhood and end up as a young adult. And hopefully at some point start working their way back into oneness if, if they're fortunate. Because I know oneness is where things heal. I don't know that firsthand. Um, and you can't talk, say, to the parent that's going to take the child hunting 
about not doing that because then it becomes like blasphemy. This is, you're, you're talking about my dad when you say that, um, you know, the grandfather. This is their tradition. This is where they bond. And um, you just can't, it's an argument not worth having. And the same thing goes when you talk about eating more healthy at your Sunday dinners with your family. Say you go on a special diet. Um, we are vegan. We could be vegetarian. I was vegetarian before I was vegan. And family values are passed down at that table. So if you come in saying you're not going to eat what they're having, you know, I'll just hang out here and then go eat later, um, you, that is like blasphemy. You are attacking the mother, the grandmother, whoever served Sunday meals all those years, they take it as your attack on them. Because we take food, food is such a nurturing concept. You know, we take that in and, you know, you're pushing something when you go in there and you, and you try to alter the family, family dynamics. Okay, and in the Buddhist concept, leaving home means questioning the rules and the, um, the ideas of the family, the philosophy. When you question all of that, you leave. Like the Buddha left when he questioned his, um, his family's philosophy. His parents had kept him, you know, sort of sequestered from the world. And when he got out, he saw quite a different world from the world he grew up in. And so that's leaving home when you're letting go of those ideas and you're going out into the world and then getting all the new ideas and then coming home, coming back home with those new ideas, new ways of living, um, new thought systems even. One of my favorite, this one makes me laugh every time. It's about Jesus. It's a Christian concept. Um, even Jesus couldn't go home. You know, because when you take your new ideas home and you sh share them with your family, the first thing they're going to do is just slam you and put you down. And they're going to reiterate their ideas at home because that's what their job is at a higher spiritual level. They're supposed to say, but no, it's this way, you know, and you'll get it if, you know, if you just do it this way or you're wrong, it's this way. You know, I get a lot of that with my family. You're wrong. This is how it should be. And what it is, is they never left home. You know, they never left the thought systems that they developed. And they all stayed also in one area. Whereas, you know, those of us that leave home, we go out, we travel. We show up in different cities all over the place. But Jesus went home. And... In Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, and I'm going to um, not read all 13. I'm just going to hit the highlights. Jesus came to that place in his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he went to teach at the synagogue, and many who heard him say, where did he come from? Isn't this Joseph's son, the carpenter? You know, what deeds of power are being done at his hand? Um, and they took offense at him. And Jesus said, or was said to have said, 
prophets are not without honor, except in their hometowns and among their own kin and in their own house. And he was amazed at their unbelief. If we go to the prodigal son story by Jesus, which allegedly was a Buddha story that he was repeating, and he changed um, some of the facts to fit the audience, um, specifically with the pig pen issue. So I'm not going to go over that story because I think everyone here knows it, but we're going to talk about what was not said in that story. Okay? So the, the prodigal son came home, and you know he'd spent all his money, had a good time, as good a time as he could have, and then he had some hard times before he came home. And he you know, said, I will, I will sleep in the pig pen, I'll feed the pigs, just let me come home. Um, and the father, you don't hear him saying any reproach to the son, any condemnation for what he did. The father instead says, he doesn't say you're a horrible son and you can't live in the, or you can live in the pig pen. He doesn't call him a sinner or tell him he's not worthy. Instead, the father talked about something completely different. He said, bring the best robe in the ring and kills a fatted ox for a feast. So he turned away from the ego thoughts, thoughts that the other son was having. You know, that boy doesn't deserve anything. He left us here. I've been doing all the work. Um, that's the ego thoughts. The world of um, effect is what we call it in our teaching. It's not first cause. First cause is from God. Do you understand what I'm talking? First cause and second cause? Okay. Second cause is when you are going off, um, creating from something here at the earthly level. You're responding to something. You're creating from that. So you're not really at a higher level of consciousness. So the son, the good son, becomes angry with the father for being so good to his wayward brother. And when he expressed this anger to his father, the father said to him, my son, you're always with me, and everything that is mine is yours. So truly, in this um, parable, Jesus is saying the Father is responding as God. You are my Son with whom I am well pleased. All I have is yours. Our concept of God does not respond to evil, does not know evil, does not understand wrongdoing. It just says, all I have is yours. It's all available to you right here, right now, all the time. All you have to do is know the truth. Know that in love and in gratitude and that you speak into a law that molds, shifts, manifests, and puts right in front of you whatever's going on with you. And when you learn how to work that, life becomes a lot easier. And if you don't know how to work that, the uh, practitioners and the ministers here do know how to share that with you. Have um, practitioner Norma give you a treatment. You will be believing that treatment when you leave the room. I love the way she speaks. She says it with confidence and conviction. 
And you, there's no doubt in it, right? Mm. When I talk about I can't catch COVID, I say that with confidence because I've had so many experiences of people all around me getting COVID. You know, laying in the bed with Vance when he was having 105 fever and completely saturating it. I thought, boy, I guess I'm next, you know, when that was happening. But the truth is I can't get it. COVID doesn't want me. I can't get it. It stays away from me. I repel it. And so when you believe like that, then that's what is created for you. And so that's Norma's way of treating. And that's what goes on with the father saying to the son, you're always with me. Everything that is mine is yours. What's also important about that is the son that stayed home missed the mark. Just as much as the son that left. Because he was condemning and in a place of judgment. Um, and not necessarily enjoying the work with his father. Uh, my sister even said to me this past week, you're the prodigal son. And what she meant by that was that my parents would be very happy to see me if I come home, even though I haven't been there, you know, a lot. But she stays there and she does all the doctor's office visits and all that. But, um, you know, I had to leave to be in a belief system that matched my belief system. And that's what we all have to do. Oh, and I wanted to talk about this a bit. Um, as I was talking about, God doesn't know evil. God doesn't know sin. If anyone's confused by that, if there is evil, if there is a devil, then there's two. There's not one. All right, because there's God and the devil. Or there's God and the evil person. There is no such thing. Evil, what we call evil, um, or hell, is really at the um, secondary effect of cause. That's people creating it from their ego thoughts, um, from not having a good practice where they're uplifted. It's just very low energy down here. And it's not anything more than that. Um, so we know that as practitioners and ministers, when we go to see somebody, we, instead of, we have to know the truth of them in this situation. And the truth of them is they are, they are pure love. They are creativity. They are intelligence, perfect health, and prosperous. We give all the attributes that you would give to God is what that person has. So we're able to turn away from First, from what's going on with them, from that story. And then we're able to treat from that place of love. And so that's how that father was responding in the prodigal story to both of his children. So very much responding as God. Okay, good. We're in the right place. Going home in the oneness tradition isn't going to a physical place or a geographic location. It has nothing to do with living with your parents or even visiting them. No, it's about going to that upstairs consciousness. It's about dropping all the ego thoughts, the negative thoughts, completely letting go, and going to that higher level consciousness 
that we go to when we meditate. One of the um, oneness studies that I'm looking at right now had me affirm all day that I'm going home and then stop and meditate. So it was a practice for a day and we meditated, got that, um, and got down the concept that this is going home. So going home, the place of home is that place we leave as a baby coming into the world. It's the joy and the love you, you see from a dog. You walk up to your dog and you see him you know, bouncing in the air. That's pure love, perfect from the place called home. A baby that can't talk yet with a big smile, pure love, pure joy, from a place called home. It just hasn't been altered yet. So that is our home, and we can go there every day if we really want to. And so ends the lesson. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody finished early. All right, so, <laughs> so now it's our time for gratitude, for giving us, for being grateful for all that we have. Um, and in that, grateful for John speaking this morning. That was a wonderful talk. Ooh. And um, so if you will with me, there's going to be up on the board the place to donate. You can donate online at www.cslmidtown.org slash donate. Click on the QR code. It'll take you right to the site to donate. And if you would, read with me our affirmation or prosperity. I live. I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And we'll go back to Dr. Bob for some announcements. <laughs> Thank you, John. Dr. John, that was wonderful. I appreciate your speaking for us and being present. I uh, Some announcements. We had a wonderful visioning this past week. With uh, It was open to all of you. Anyone, on the, anyone who gets the uh, newsletter would have gotten the link. We will be doing another one this week or, or maybe early the next week. I know we're headed into Thanksgiving. But we, we are simply visioning and opening up the idea of who and what and how is the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown expressing the infinite now? And what are, what are we being called to? We do live in a time of great change. And that requires us to really get serious about how to be in the world. What is the world looking for now that the uncertainties are, are huge, all of those things that are out there. So if you're interested in participating in that, watch the newsletter for, or an email invite, actually it'll come out from an evite and uh, we will, we will be inviting you again to uh, join us. You can also get more information about it at, at the info cslmidtown.org. Thank you, Diego. Thank you, thank you, Vance, for all that you do for us. You're you're the you're the man of the hour on Sundays because you you coordinate and balance and, and juggle so many things. So thank you, thank you to uh, to John, thank you to Norma. Oh my goodness, thank you, Norma. That 
that reminding of the the what we believe and why that's so important and that's one of the workshops <clears throat> that will be coming up between now and christmas we'll start we'll take a look at what what you believe not just what we believe or what we say we're supposed to believe but what do we really believe what are we looking at that's really the truth for us you watch watch the news for that um, that will be coming up probably uh, in in December. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so anyway, thank you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're with us. And uh, join me in our closing affirmation. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding. I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. I will see you all next week in person. And those that can show up, those not, we'll see you online. Thank you. <laughs>